This is the way. Welcome to episode 65 of Too Old For This Podcast, your safe space for grown-up talk about childish things. And tonight, Ben Hart from Star Wars Underworld returns to, to help us break down and discuss the finale of season two of The Mandalorian, possibly the most epic half-hour of television ever made. But we've got some new to cover, so let's get to it. Let's not waste any time. On Nerd and Up Nerd. Let's go, let's go. Woo! DJ Kevy Kev. up? DJ Kevy Kev. Look, I know you were jumping out of your skin oh. after you watched Mandalorian this week. I know I, you, you told me you just had the urge to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> you were so excited. I just wanted to go out into the street and just punch someone in the fucking face and just be like, Did you fucking see that shit? I will tell you, I was I was experiencing physical tingles uh, at at uh, at that security footage of that Jedi uh, in yeah. the hallway, and it's like physical tingles during that. So so yes, we're going to talk about this epic episode oh of God. Mandalorian, the yes. finale of season yes. two, and we have possibly one of the best possible guests on earth you could possibly have yep. to do this with. And, and no, I'm not talking about Dave Filoni. No, I'm not talking about. <laughs> John Favreau, uh, but the next best thing, George Lucas. No, better than that, we have Ben Hart with no E from Star Wars Underworld returning. Finally, welcome back, Ben. No, no, it actually is George Lucas. Sorry, guys, how's it going? Damn no, it. Uh, I, I am I am honored to be what the, your fourth choice for best <laughs> guest host. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm incredibly honored. If I get you know world. if that's I'm fourth odds. to Filoni, Favreau, and Lucas, then uh, yeah, that's a world I'm happy well, in, and I'm I'm very <laughs> very comfortable here. So thanks, guys. There you go. Well, well, you know I'm not much of a Filoni fan. So maybe it means more to you than me, <laughs> but it's still a compliment. It's still. Out of the entire planet, you're like at least top five best possible options to have, I believe. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate that. And boy, oh, do we have something to talk about tonight. Are you kidding? Yes, we Are do. you kidding? And welcome kidding? back, hey, Ben. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Seriously, this is an honor. Okay, we're going to get to this. all ours. There's so much to get to, and, yes. and we're going to get to it. We have a few things to discuss first, so um, just hold on to your hats. Uh, but there was some news this week that we really should discuss. Off the top. Mm. Uh, first of all, um, a very sad uh, piece of news yes, for Star yeah. Wars fans. Jeremy Bullock, uh, original Boba Fett actor, passed. And, um, you know, I mean, that's life. That's the force. These, this is a thing that happens. But it yeah. um, feels really poignant right now where, when we're in the middle of this Boba Fett mania, yeah. basically, for the last few months. Um, and when we just recently lost uh, Darth Vader actor uh, David Prowse. David Prowse. Um, so, um, uh, I mean, rest in peace. I, I never had the, the, the opportunity to meet the man, but I've seen a lot of messages from a lot of fans who have his autograph, who met him at, at cons or whatever, people on podcasts who've interviewed him. Um, he's beloved by the fans and apparently was very involved in the community. And I don't know if you had any involvement with him at all, Ben? Yeah, unfortunately, I only uh, I'm I passed him in a hallway once. I think it was at okay. Celebration Anaheim 2015. Um, I was like, oh, that's Boba Fett. Like that's as close as I ever yeah, got, yeah. which which is sad. Yeah. But you know, it, it's it's you know, it's such a a legend. You know, not just within the Star Wars, you know, movies, but like you know, he was incredible to fans. Um, was done went to thousands of conventions, like you know, and was such so gracious. And we're gonna miss him, man. Yes. Yes. Um, so rest in peace, uh, Jeremy Bullock. And um, 
you know, uh, I guess uh, your spirit will live on through the character you help bring to life that Absolutely. we all love so much. Um, and out of respect, we will not boom done on this news news item. We will simply <laughs> transition to the next news item because I want to talk. A, I want to talk briefly about the whole Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven controversy because oh, I don't know no. about you, I don't know about you guys, oh. but I have I have been among the masses, highly anticipating this game, desperate for this game to come out. Mm. I have. And no other no other game has been on my radar. I have been ignoring every other game in the world of gaming and just waiting for Cyberpunk 2077 to get out to come out. Uh planning to to receive it for Christmas as a Christmas gift from my fiance who's mm-hmm. planning to buy it for me. Um and now since the release and since this terrible kerfuffles going on publicly about it, um it's in doubt what's going to happen about the Christmas gift. Yeah. Bottom line for me is um, I think uh, I think there's a there's a major out of whack hype factor going on. I've, I've I've watched some reviews of of guys on YouTube who just have tested it on uh, on my system, the original base Xbox One, like not even a, an S or anything. Um, and 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 I've and what I've heard is uh, what I expect that the graphics are not fantastic, that they get grainy and choppy a lot of the time. But the but I heard this guy say that. Um, out of 12 hours of play, it only crashed one time. Uh, and, and you know, I'm used to playing Conan Exiles, which crashes once an hour on me, and I still love it, and I still keep playing it. So I des- definitely am going ahead with my purchase of Cyberpunk 2077. I'm looking forward to it still, and I think I'm going to probably have to review it on here and let everyone know what I think. But I'm, I'm pretty sure right now that the hype is overblown about how bad it is. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, do you guys care about this at all or any interest in this story? I, I've just been following just peripherally for the mm-hmm. past, you know, obviously it's been out, been talked about forever, seems like, and mm-hmm. yep. been in development for like 10 years. And like, it's yep. just crazy and like super highly anticipated. So like, like I was interested in it just as a person that basically watches people play video games on YouTube. Right. So right. Uh, I was interested to see like some gameplay from it from like, that's yeah. crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, um, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it, and then I'm gonna play it, and I'm gonna review it. I'm gonna let you know if it's really as bad as they say it is. Apparently, Sony's taking it off the the game store. Yeah, they took it out um, of their uh, their PSN. And there's talk <laughs> of a class action lawsuit of some kind, which oh, I don't wow. understand. Um, but I also heard that it runs a lot smoother on the current generation, so the new oh, PS5. Sure. And uh, right. and the Xbox Series Series X, whatever it is called. That's what that's what they say. Uh, right? Yeah, on the on the. They just didn't. Uh, yeah, they just didn't fine tune it for the uh, for the previous, which doesn't make sense. Which is weird because right? that's the it console was they to be would released be released only on those. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the console that they probably would have like uh, demoed it on for the last ten years because that's what we've been playing on for the last, I guess, about ten years now, right? Actually, that's has part it been of less than ten com- years, or has it been ten years? I don't know. Since twenty twelve, uh, I think. Oh, okay, I think so a little bit less than ten years, right? But yeah, no, you think it would run smoother on on current on the uh, on well, I guess the past gen now, uh, opposed to the uh, current gen. But of course, the current gen is overpowered, right? So you would think that because <clears> the original release the original release date for the game was back in twenty eighteen, no, wow. before there were next gen consoles. So it was it should have been developed for yeah. my console. Yeah. It should and have. and and the company actually came out and apologized because they didn't demo it on no. on my console. They mostly demoed it on high powered PCs. Yeah. And uh, they gave it to game reviewers on PC copies only. Nobody got console copies to review. Wow. So um so yeah, it's a sketchy, weird situation, but yeah. I have a feeling that I'm still going to love this game, and I'm going to get it, and I'm going to tell you what it's like. Anyway, yeah. we got to move on. So let's boom done on Cyberpunk 2077. Um, guys, I want to talk about Star Trek, but I don't think we have time. Um, I just want to say, Ben, um, it, because of you, uh, because you guys on your podcast, uh, IPC, uh, International P- Intergalactic Peace Coalition, sorry, um, <laughs> Uh, since you've been reviewing um, uh, Star Trek Discovery, yeah, Discovery, yeah, that was fun. Um, you reminded me, uh, like I used to watch that show, like in season one, and I thought it was good in some 
and I thought and there's nothing really that on TV right now that I'm really watching except for Mandalorian. I'm going to go back and revisit this new season because there's like there's a whole new season of this show that I haven't even tried yet. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm like I'm like three, four episodes in now and I'm enjoying it. And I and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Star Trek, but we don't really have time. Uh, well, <laughs> I, 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 I will say that I've also been really enjoying it. Um, they've yeah. taken literally to the next level um, with that show. And I, I think uh, it's been stellar so far, really. You know what? Kev, I forced Kevin to watch Picard, and we uh, recapped and reviewed every episode of that series. Um, did, you enjoyed that, though, didn't you, Kev? A little bit more than me. Uh, even? <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was okay, but it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't really. It wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, I don't know. I, I the parts of it that I did appreciate, if I recall, was the fact that I thought it was a lot more action oriented than I thought it was going to be. Because right. it's Picard, right? right? So you kind of think it's just going to be all story based. And, right. you know, I mean, just like very next generation, I guess. But, yeah, no, it was a little bit more action, which which took me by surprise. So I guess that made it slightly more enjoyable. Which, but which not Discovery enough. has, too. Right. Which, But it still wasn't enough for me to, to say, hey, I'm a fan of Picard. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Captain right. Kirk all the way anyways, motherfucker. Ben, <laughs> did you watch Picard? I have not. I'm waiting till I can see more of Next Generation to fully okay. appreciate it. Hmm. Okay. Um it, it may be a mistake. It may break your heart. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, my problem with Picard. Is, um, how much I love Star Trek The Next Generation and how Picard kind of ruined it really badly. But um, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I know I'm the outlier in every situation. It's cool. I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from. Anyway, um, future of Star Trek. It's weird. It's weird. Um but I like Discovery, and I and I think maybe they're finally doing what I wanted, which is, which is stop trying to be associated with Spock. Um, that was a big mistake, and um, just like letting it be a fun exploration action show, um, uh, I think I think this season is is going in a good place, and I think I'm maybe getting into Star Trek again. And I just wanted to say I think maybe the only hope for Star Trek is if Disney buys them. What do you think? <laughs> I, hey, I I am all for that trek wars movie i want the star oh, trek and star wars crossover so that? yeah so yeah go you know disney can go ahead and just buy paramount i don't know and, or that. whoever whoever owns them and uh yeah make it happen it's gonna yeah. it's inevitable anyway disney's going to own everyone they'll own yeah, me and they'll own you eventually so like you know yeah. just may as well just go ahead and, and knock knock themselves out <clears throat> yeah true enough i can't wait till disney owns me <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that now. Thank you. You gave me something to hope for. Did you, uh, you hear that Bob Iger is going to run for American president? So no, uh, I didn't uh, hear that. Yeah, so 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 I'm telling you, it's all a big thing now. He's gonna, oh, you know, him, yes. he'll he'll own he'll own the United States. Bob Chapek will own Disney, and we'll just come together. And uh, yeah, yes, Disney is our new overlords. Give me that future. <laughs> Give it to me. I want it. Yes, mm-hmm. take my money. Um. <laughs> Okay, I don't really have any coher- anything coherent <laughs> to say about Star Trek. Um, <laughs> and I just threw it so, off the rails, so congrats, that's fine. there you go. That's fine, I think we all agree, Disney should buy Star Trek, right? Right, <clears throat> okay, boom done on that top. Boom done! <laughs> okay, look, let's get to Mandalorian. Maybe yeah. if we get through it, maybe if we get through it, we'll talk a little bit about the future <laughs> of Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um... It would be nice if we have time for that, but I doubt we will. Let's <laughs> let's let's get to Mandalorian. Before we start talking about Mandalorian, Kev, yes. let's give the people a replay yes. of our big exclusive, our big exclusive news breaking. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Groundbreaking you... um, discovery. <laughs> world premiere of it's the technically long not, lost. It's not the world premiere because we premiered Look, a last show. <laughs> No, because it also most people don't know. Ben, I bet you don't even know this. Most people yeah. don't know that The Mandalorian was originally a TV series in the seventies, even before uh, the first Star Wars movie came out. And we oh, found really? the long, the long. There was only a pilot, but we found the long lost theme song from the seventies for the original Mandalorian TV series, and we we debuted it last week. We're going to give it a replay right now. Enjoy. Here we go. Ready. Mandalorian, Mandalorian, Wolf Trapper, my feet. 
That's the uh, that's the original song, Ben. What'd you think? The oh original. That now that you've heard that, you will never unhear it. No, no, never, never. <laughs> that is amazing. I, my mind is forever blown. <laughs> we 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 are here to entertain, but also to educate, yes. Ben. That, that's, Absolutely. That's Absolutely. You, you, uh, we're, we're teaching you something. Perhaps <laughs> you'll teach us something at some point. We'll see. Anyway. Chapter 16 begins with an amazing action sequence. Uh, We find ourselves in space, a Lambda-class shuttle carrying Dr. Pershing, piloted by two Imperial pilots who are wearing this this flight uniform that I haven't seen before. I'm sure it it existed before. Nothing's new, right? Um, I've never seen it without the helmets. Mm -hmm. You you know, usually Imperials are all about, you know, the pilots wear helmets. But this right. was new, and they 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 had like someone talked about it being uh, like Princess Leia style, yeah. <laughs> like they have like the things on the side of their head. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like World War One soft helmets. Yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe they're just meant to be more like. I I felt like these Imperial officers, especially in the little speech the guy makes were kind of meant to continue on this theme that Imperials are just people too, and just kind of be more human. You know, I think maybe this may, uh, maybe I'm overanalyzing the costume choice here. We got a lot to get through, but um, that was my thought. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I th- also I think just it's just easier to act with without a helmet. Um, sure, and and sure. the guy the guy that makes the big speech is yeah. an actor I'm familiar with because he was okay. he played the, he played the big bad in the last season of Agents of Shield. He's a good actor. Mm. Okay, I, I I I figured he was probably somebody that you would know that I don't know. <laughs> So thank you for that. Um, I have no idea what his name is, but I remember him. That's cool. That's cool. That's good enough. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't deserve much more than that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Thomas E. Sullivan and Luke Baines. I don't know which one's which. There you Thomas go, E. They, Sullivan is the is the really bad guy. Okay. There they kind of look exactly the same. When they're they helmet. do. They, they do. do. They're just two white guys. <laughs> they, they were like the twins. Yeah, it was it was funny. Um, anyway, always happy to see Dr. Pershing, you know, yeah. uh, can't get enough uh, of that character. Um, I hope we get more of him in the future in depth. I hope we get some like prequel Doctor Pershing. I hope we get yeah, some backstory Doctor. Just Pershing. the fact that he's they didn't just kill him. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're, yeah. he's going to be around, and they confirm he's a clone engineer in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he gets actually some good stuff, and he's not like a, seems to be not such a bad dude. Like he's kind of helping them out when he's captured. So like right. you know he he has a heart. I think he actually cares about the kids. So he like cares I'm, about I'm, the kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him in next season and the season after. Feel that. Me too. Um. Anyway, it's cool. Cool sequence. Slave One, my favorite Star Wars spaceship. It's uh, so cool, man. It it gets its rock star moment here again. Uh. It, when it comes down across the view screen of the Lambda shuttle, it's it, such a badass moment that like like uh, better than Return of the Jedi for me. Uh, it's here's two Return of the Jedi ships in a in a cooler scene than anything in Return. Of, well, maybe not anything in Return of the Jedi. Anyway, it's awesome. Can well, I, yeah, uh, that's the Mandalorian just has that way of like taking things you know and like okay, we're gonna do something cooler with it. Speeder bikes. Yeah, this is you've never seen them cooler than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up that we totally skipped over last week. I, I understand we were rushing, but um, okay. there was that great moment in the uh, Slave One where the uh, where they were sitting, uh, I guess, like in the in the pit, whatever you want to call it, like where where the um, uh, where the passengers sit the, and the you gyroscoping. See, yes, and you see it rotating yeah. around them, which I thought was a dope. great little touch. Um, yeah, dope. yeah, no, just because you kind of like look at that ship and you're like. So where are they in relation to like where Boba Fett's sitting? You know what I mean? Like, so I thought that was a nice little touch how it like rotated and and just it is such sense. a crazy weird design. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying, I was trying to think of what in real life it relates to because something like something is everything is usually inspired by something in the real world somehow. Right. And I really, I really can't place. It is so weird and cool, um, and awesome for that reason. But my other thought about it is. It's fucking dangerous to be on that ship, right? If you fall into your seat onto like the like window part and yeah. you like that that whole thing rotates around, it'll fucking cut you in half or yeah. crush you, right? Yeah, yeah um, probably. 
so that's part of like why Boba Fett's such a badass. He has this ship that's like dangerous just to sit on. Um, but that was just a thought I had. Anyhow, um, no, it's, and that was that was ridiculously cool for that. And then seeing just Slave One just doing something, you know, like right. we got a yes. little bit in Episode Two, yes. tiny tiny bit in Episode Five. Um, now it's you know it's it's front and center. It's great, right? Yeah. And how much and how much are we do we have coming now that we know what's coming? Yes. <clears throat> plenty um so so this scene basically let me try to get us through it uh uh we we get it's a hijacking right we're right. we're we're kidnapping dr dr pershing so um they they ion cannon the lambda class shuttle which we know is is the weapon that just takes ships out doesn't doesn't destroy them just deactivates all their electronics mm-hmm. it's an emp pulse yeah. um and uh, they board the ship, and they take Dr. Pershing after they have a confrontation with the two pilots. Uh, the one pilot wants to surrender and wants to cooperate. The other pilot is a serious, ideological, I- uh, imperial officer, right? He cares about this conflict, and he it takes it personally. And um, he gets under Cara Dune's skin. Uh, you know, he he starts writing her about losing her planet, and then he and he starts talking about his side of the story. You know, I was on that Death Star. Millions of people died in that on that on that spaceship, and and the other one, both of them. He mentions them. Um, it's a great little it's a great little conversation between two characters from this universe. The kind of thing I've always craved ever since the original trilogy is to mm-hmm. you know real people from this you from this galaxy just talking about the events as if it was their lives and they experienced it. Um, and so well written, so well acted. Um, I didn't even hate Cara Dune in this scene. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she has her moments. She has her moments, and and that guy basically like wanted to die. Like, come yeah, on, yeah, like you're you're yeah, egging her. Yeah. Like she's gonna shoot you in the face. Like, come on. And dude. the way and the way she does shoot him in the face, and 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 you know, brush Doctor Pershing the side of his head and really hurt him in the process. It looked like um, it was so badass and cool. It was an awesome. It was an awesome opening scene that establishes that now we have Dr. Pershing and the rescue mission is underway. Uh, so directly from here, I think I don't miss anything in between. We go and we find Bo-Katan and her companion, whose name I don't remember right now. Ben, can you help me uh, out with that? Koska Reeves. There you go. Um, we have somehow lost the male member of the Night Owls. Yeah. Uh, I, I like someone. Someone on Twitter said, "Oh yeah, uh, uh, Axe Woves just was just in the bathroom. They just left without him." <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> he came out of the bathroom, but he's like, "What? Well, where'd you um, go, man?" <laughs> it did strike me that the entire raiding party, except for Mando, was female, and that like if they had that one guy, it wouldn't have been. And I look, I'm not one of these political guys who's like. Uh, go woke, go broke, or whatever like that. Like that. That's not my axe to grind for sure. But it did strike me like, wow, this is a this is a lot of female heroes. Uh, this is uh, this is Mitchell. that one. This is that one scene which I don't have a whole lot of problem with, but it is kind of stupid. The uh, the scene in Avengers Endgame where it's like right, right. all the female characters just happen to be in scene. one place. Right. Like, but this made so much more sense. Like, I just naturally yeah. like they all come together, and I'm like, oh. Long- Everyone on this party, except for Mando, is is a girl, and this yep. is badass. <laughs> yes, it is. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Because of the long-form storytelling element, uh, it didn't feel forced. Um, the one thing that I thought maybe felt weird was the missing male uh, Night Owl guy. But not a big deal. It was still awesome. Um Anyway, we go. I, I skipped over everything, but we, we go and we get we we get Bogatan and and we got to make the deal. Um, Mando says we need your help. Bogatan says I need the dark saber. Mando's Mando says you take whatever you want. I don't care. I just want the child. She's like cool. You know, I skipped over a couple parts of the conversation. I'm not going to give you every detail of it, but um, so one of the greatest get, lines also, is in this part too, though. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the, one that? of the greatest lines uh, uh, after they say that. And uh, Boba says something, and in, uh, and uh, sorry, I forget her name. The Reeves, uh, Sasha Banks, when she's like, "Oh, I didn't know that uh, psychics were allowed to talk," <laughs> which I thought he was says, fucking great. And he says like a Star Wars version of like, yeah, he, look, he, "Look at the pot calling the kettle black here, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. sidekick." And then they have a little awesome fight. Yeah. Um, and, WWE uh, style, and, of course. And I love how the Mandos are always using their jetpacks indoors when they're fighting. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I love that you can't even get four of these people together without their fight breaking out. Like Mandalorians oh. are just that. They're just... like they're like the Klingons of this galaxy almost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but anyway, cool. Yeah, we get the team together, and now we're now we're all together, and we're on a mission, and we're on the mission. I don't know if we if this is the next scene, but there was something I thought was a first in here, which is when we're on our way to the mission, we have a scene in hyperspace. With two ships in hyperspace together, mm. in this and talking to each other on their comlinks, I don't know if I've ever seen this in Star Wars before. Maybe it happened in the I animated. Don't think, it's happened. I don't in think animated. it's ever happened. Yeah, I believe Rebels and maybe even yeah. Clone Wars did it. Um, I don't think it's ever happened in live action. Yeah, this is another. Live. This is another instance where, as as a as a player of the role playing game from the eighties, um, uh, like according to the rules of that game, that wouldn't happen. Uh, so that bothered me a little bit, but it looked cool. I thought that scene looked fantastic. I, I did enjoy it for that element. Anyway, um, did I skip anything before we get to proceed with the mission? Uh, we, we got the everybody, we got the Pershing, we got okay, okay. So, uh, the mission is. Uh, we're going to come out of hyperspace together, the Lambda-class shuttle and Slave 1. Uh, the whole team that's going to invade Moff Gideon's ship and rescue the child is on the Lambda-class shuttle. Uh, very Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 uh, Slave 1 is behind it. And it's and the whole thing is they're making it look like Slave 1 is, go- is trying to attack... The Lambda class shuttle and the Lambda class shuttle has to make an emergency landing on Moff Gideon's ship to escape the Slave One, and um, it's fun. Um, you know, one little one little technical note here: um, their sensors would have showed that they came out of hyperspace together, and there's no way to track through hyperspace at this point in the timeline. So um, they would have immediately known. They would have immediately known it was a ruse, but uh, they whatever, not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> Uh, nerd yeah. thank you um, <laughs> thank you <laughs> Muff Gideon immediately launches TIE Fighters um, and then we get uh, the Lambda class shuttle barreling into the TIE Fighter launch tube um, against the orders of the Imperial flight crew um, and I feel he- like I feel like them telling them to like because Moff Gideon goes launch TIE Fighters and right. the other person's like no no you can't come in right now we have to launch fighters I think that was a little bit of like I'm not sure we totally trust you in this I think it was a little bit of that, but also sure. it's just like Moff Gideon doesn't give a crap about his people. <laughs> yes, uh, maybe yeah, cares about protecting himself more than than anybody who might be outside his ship in danger. But yeah, I mean, I think Moff Gideon is just thinking, no, you're not going to come in. We're going to send the Tie Fighters out. They're going to take care of the guy attacking you, and then we're going to figure figure out who you are before we let you in, basically. Right. And um, you know, we can't we can't give them time for that, so we say fuck it, and we just fly in the launch tube and 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 then the invasion begins right so the the ship opens um and we get uh the attack you know the the stormtroopers come up to the up to the door and they immediately get met by blaster fire and our whole invasion crew comes out minus mando of course because mando is going on his own they discussed the plan earlier i skipped he's over a, he's that asleep he slipped through it he was just, right. he just took a nap <laughs> No, but Mando is going on his own to find Baby Yoda while the rest of the crew goes to the bridge to take over the ship um, and look for Moff Gideon because Bo-Katan is looking for that dark saber. She wants that dark saber. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 the big MacGuffin here is, of course, the dark troopers who we learned from Dr. Pershing earlier in the episode are a third generation design of the dark trooper. And this is a line that I really hated. Uh uh, they determined that the the last weakness was the humans inside them, so now they're just droids. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now they're just droids. Like they're not troopers anymore. Now they're just battle droids. Like I don't. That's not like a third generation design of a dark trooper. That's a that's a droid. Like it's I don't know. It sound it was just, it sounded like a but corny it, line. Are isn't that the case in the EU though too? That they're droids at some point. I'm pretty I sure. I'm pretty know. sure I played. There's there's a there's a dark trooper in the Battlefront Two original game, and yeah. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a droid. I think, unless I'm just completely. I always on. I always thought they were bio. They were suits with like powered suits. Yeah, but, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
anyway, not a big deal. But we're worried about these dark troopers uh, because they're very dangerous. There's a lot of them on the ship, and they could uh, be a problem for the rescue plan. Um, so, um, uh, <laughs> they power up the dark troopers. Mando goes to uh, shut them down, basically, or he wants to open the airlock and eject them into space because they happen to be conveniently stored in the cargo bay. So, there's a big airlock or a big uh, exterior door right there. Boom, you can get rid of them easily. One gets out, they have an awesome fight. I thought it was brutal. Uh, the dark trooper just beating on Mando's helmet um, looked like his neck should have broke. Um, but also, and 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 this is where I got to give my my DJ Kevy Kev a lot of credit here. During this whole scene, it was bugging me. What did the dark troopers look like? And I thought it was Maximilian from Black Hole. But then Kevin found it today and showed it to me. They are Rock'em Sock'em robots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. And it's 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 not accidental. It come on, it's a tribute. It's got to be. And a the whole the whole punching thing that they yes. do, it's yeah. like yes. totally like boom, yes. boom, like they they take that stance. It's perfect. You're right. Yes. So DJ Kevy Kev, thank you for that. <laughs> Great um, catch. Because <laughs> my my Maximilian my Maximilian theory was kind of. Uh, it was a stretch, but rock of sock. I expect robots them definitely. to have like torches or like lasers or all something like kinds to cut of through. weapons, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And no, they're just yeah. gonna punch through it. Like it, if it takes it all night, that's no problem. They're just gonna punch it. They all had heavy blasters too. Like, wouldn't you all just join forces and melt through? Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Um, it's Mando for drama purposes. It's not that dramatic just to have a laser, yeah. right? So the Dark Trooper almost beats Mando to death, and it's a very violent fight. It's a very visceral fight. A lot of great fight scenes in this in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done a great job with the action in this show, definitely. Um, uh, we get a great moment where after he's almost beat to death, he fires his his flamethrower up into the body of the the droid, and the droid has flames coming out of it everywhere. It is just like the bad at the most badass screenshot. From this so show so good. far, mm-hmm. this flaming black droid, um, so deadly looking. Yeah, uh, and yeah, of course, Mando wins the fight with the Beskar javelin, the Beskar spear. Yeah. Um, uh, by you know, he javelins the droid's head off, and then he manages to get to that airlock and eject the rest of the dark troopers into space. And of course, that's all for them. We don't have. Yeah, to worry we about don't them see them ever again nope, for the rest nope, of the episode. That's, that's not going to be a problem. That's not going to be a problem. Um, <laughs> Uh, so then, man, I don't know if I missed anything with the, with the, you know, there was a lot of fighting in the hallway with the, the female assault crew yeah. who were previously mentioned and, and awesome stuff, um, <clears> with, <throat> uh, with the Mandalorians, uh, on that walkway when they fly, they flew around and came up the stormtroopers from behind all kinds of fun action. Um, I, I love, uh, the car doom bit where her gun jams, her, her gun like, jams. Mm, screw yeah. it. She's just going to beat him to death with the gun. <laughs> I feel like that's taken from some classic Vietnam movie or something. Probably. I, I, mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I had seen that somewhere a long time ago before. I bet you there's some deep cut. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's going to bug me until I figure it out. Um, but yeah, that's all, that was all fun. Um, and they get to the bridge and they take it over and they're like, where's Moff Gideon? Uh, well, guess where Moff Gideon is? He's uh, waiting for. Dinjarin with the dark saber held over the child's head in his cell. Uh, the child looks tired, weary. He's still got those laser handcuffs on, mm-hmm. um, and Moff Gideon is is waving the dark saber over his head. And uh, we have a little negotiation moment between Mando and Gideon. Um, look, I'm going to come out and say it. This is probably one of those things that I'm alone on again. But my biggest disappointment of this show probably well one of my biggest disappointments is moff gideon uh i I think giancarlo esposito is such a great actor and god i loved him on breaking bad so much and i met him and i paid to get his autograph so just so i could tell him that i thought he was the greatest tv villain of all time like i really love giancarlo esposito um so i had such high hopes for this character and i just felt like this character just felt kind of one-dimensional i was i was looking for all this all this 
dimension to him and i i just felt like he was just like a like a cardboard cutout of a of an imperial villain uh in in so many ways and and i felt like this scene was kind of a letdown to me it was it didn't have the the drama that i wanted it to it didn't have the the fear and the tension that i want I, I know i'm alone on this but um that, that that's, that's well, just how i felt I, I i here here i will add to yours i i think he's probably top tier like star wars villain for me like i've loved his performance i've loved the character but he hasn't been given a whole lot to do this season no yeah and if you think about it like the course of season he had like cameos 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 then he actually gets his big episode and then like he gets five minutes less than that to like monologue and then the fight which is excellent between din and gideon is very short um a lot shorter than i probably would have you know liked so that like, and then thing, he's yeah. captured and he ends up in handcuffs and then they, you know, he tries to kill himself and they stop him. Like he doesn't give a whole lot to do. I'm glad he's still alive. I think obviously he's still a player in the future, but he hasn't yeah. been given a whole lot to do lately. And we still don't know his motivation. We still don't know why he wants baby Yoda. We still don't know what he's doing. Um, so like he hasn't been Gene Carl Esposito, I think for what he's given is excellent, but he hasn't been given a whole lot of material so far to kind of like cement him as like, okay, this guy, this is what this guy's all about. I agree with you. Maybe mm-hmm. my disappointment is not in him, but his character uh, in the writing of it. Um, maybe I felt like there should be more. There was there should be more meat on the bone. I thought that is what I thought. Um, so I think we're not too far from agreeing on that. Um, uh, anyway, as you alluded to, uh, what follows is the fight because um, you know uh, Moff Gideon pulls a little move. He pretends that he's like, "Okay, I'll give you the child if you let me leave. It'll be cool. Well, I'll be cool." Um, and then you know, Din Djarin goes to pick up the child, and Moff Gideon attacks with the dark saber. And we get this fight scene that that has been building up for us. You know, we've known about this since before the season started because uh, Giancarlo Esposito talked about it in interviews. Um, you know, like almost right after season one ended, we heard about this. And um, I really thought this was like like one of the biggest buildups that they had tipped us off about, especially when they in the Ahsoka episode. Uh, I, you know, her whole fight scene for me was just to let us know. Uh, to, to kind of give us a foundation to build on this final fight scene, mm-hmm. right? Um, to show, you know, the Beskar spear in action against the lightsaber so that we would be like, oh yeah, he, you know, and be more hyped up for this thing, which was supposed to be so epic. And it was, wasn't that bad, but yeah, Ben, I agree with you. It was, it was short and it, it seemed like, it seemed like not much for what we had been expecting. I agree. Um, but this could also st- be battle one of many. Because I'm sure he's going to be back. Sure, sure. Because right. here's the thing. Here's the here's the fascinating thing is Moff Gideon is the one that like no matter no matter if he loses, he still wins because like he's enjoying the whole thing about the fact yeah. that he realizes that Bo Katan is going to be pissed when right. she sees Din with right. the light, with the dark saber. Mm-hmm. So right. he's enjoying the infighting. He's enjoying the the coming civil war. But right. he has no honor. He's talking about they have honor. He doesn't. If he gets a chance to stab somebody in the back and take it back, he will do it. And I wouldn't be surprised right. if he does get the dark saber back at some point. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you there. I, I, uh, we're getting ahead mm-hmm. of, of of where we should be. Let Let's just kind of fast forward through now. Um, so yeah, uh, Mando wins the fight. He he takes the dark saber. He shows up on the bridge. With Moff Gideon and the dark saber ignited, waving it around, which I thought was funny because it wasn't ignited. Like he lit that up so he could wave it around um, when he walked into the bridge. Yeah, I guess maybe. Um, I just thought he was like going, "Look how cool this is!" uh, When he walked in, but um, yeah, look the look on Bo-Katan's face when he walks onto the bridge holding the dark saber, like immediately lets you know something is up, and Moff Gideon is immediately enjoying himself. When, when this tension arises and uh, Moff Gideon spills the beans. He says, uh, he tells uh, Din Djarin, look, you're, you're the king of Mandalore now. You mm-hmm. won the Darksaber by combat from me and that gives you the right to the throne of Mandalore and Bo-Katan can't, can't uh, officially take it or can't rightfully take it without defeating you in combat. And then Mando tries to just hand it to Bo and she refuses, confirming that now we have a problem between Bo and Din Djarin uh, if, 
if uh, Bo really wants that throne, which I think we can assume she does. Okay, now, who here has seen Star Wars Rebels? I, I watched it. Okay, so you're probably familiar with the scene where, you know, of course, a big part of season three, I think, season four of Rebels is Sabine Wren getting the Darksaber. She right. kind of yeah, takes right. it from him, but he's off. He's uh, maybe even dead at that point. And then she takes it and then fights it with Little Frowl and gives it to to to, to Bo-Katan. That's right. She gives it to her, doesn't she? So yeah. it's creating this maybe, I don't know if you could say continuity error, but it's this unexplained thing about like, okay, Sabine gave it to, to Bo-Katan, presumably to rule Mandalore, mm-hmm. and it, that worked. But now she can't take it again. What's that going is... on here? And I've heard a few different theories, you know, kind of floated about the fact that maybe when Sabine gave it to her, it wasn't it didn't really take that people didn't respect her because she didn't win it in battle. So that's kind of what set things off and kind of putting them where oh, they are. That that or, caused the fall. Or maybe it's just because that, you know, she didn't lose it or like it, you know, my theory is like Maul had it, and then he just lost it. It was just kind of in the wind. Sabine picks it up. Oh, I've got it. Okay, here, here's Bo-Katan could have. Whereas Moff Gideon defeated her and took it from her. To get it back, she has to defeat someone. She can't just take it again. It's the rightful right. owner is Din Djarin at this point. Right. Someone has to defeat him to take it because he fought for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, who like like who knows like where it's gonna where it's going to go like i but let's 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 save this conversation let's try to save enough time so we can have this conversation after we get through this rest of the episode um because yeah the future of the dark saber and this conflict now apparently between din Djarin and bo katan is it, you know it's going to be a huge thing going forward obviously um but but the way the rest of this story goes is um you know right after we get the reveal of all of this tension that's now created. And the reason we're not killing Moff Gideon, by the way, uh, my fiance Melinda, the entire time was like, why haven't they fucking killed him yet? Why don't they just fucking kill him? Why don't they? <laughs> and, I, and I kept saying to her, the New Republic wants him because he has information. The New Republic wants him because he has information. And she kept, why don't they just fucking kill him? Anyway, the reason they didn't kill him is because the New Republic wanted him because he had information. So if, if you're wondering, that's why. Um, the dark troopers, of course, now reappear because going into space doesn't kill them, mm-hmm. and they have rocket boots, so yeah. of course they reappear. Um, and they're coming to the bridge now, and now we get some good Moff Gideon uh, like enjoying this moment, you know, some villain chew- scenery chewing uh, lines here. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to be the only one alive, me and the child, you're all going to be dead, uh, you know, that kind of uh, really ominous, menacing stuff. And then we get the Rock'em Sock'em robot action again. We get the we get the Dark Troopers trying to punch their way through the blast doors of the, um, uh, not cockpit, sorry, the bridge the dark, of the, the ship. Bridge, the bridge, yes. Um, and then... The big fucking moment. <laughs> the one I don't think anybody ever thought they would like. Like, look, we have said many times this season, what a groundbreaking episode! Like, what major shit just happened? What, like, like how much just happened that changes everything? Right? We've said that so many times this season. I I did not think I could be shocked after the season we've just been through. Yeah. But when that X-Wing pulled in, and when I said to myself, holy fuck, they're going to do it. (laughs) And then when I saw that black cloak figure, and when I saw his belt, that was the moment. But Because he was in black and white, and he was on security cameras, you couldn't see what color the lightsaber blade was. I thought that was awesome. That was Mm -hmm. an awesome, cool thing, like, way to make us more tense. Um... But I could tell by the boots. I could tell by the belt. I could tell by the glove. You tell by Grogu's ears popping up when, fuck, uh, as soon as he they, landed. They fucking <laughs> did it. Luke Skywalker fucking shows up to, in my opinion, completely mirror the fantastic scene at the end of Rogue One mm-hmm. where Darth Vader cuts through all those rebel soldiers. Yeah. Luke Skywalker shows up and in a very similar way cuts through all of the dark troopers and force crunches the last one like a fucking Budweiser can 
to show how fucking powerful he is. Such an amazing, exciting scene. Uh, so well done with the hood over the head, so you don't got to worry about the CGI. And uh, and and man, cool, man, cool, just cool. Maybe I had one criticism of the fight, okay? And it's small, but here it is. As I said earlier, with the Mandalorians, every time the Mandalorians have a fight scene, they use their jetpacks, even indoors, and they like jump off the walls and they do acrobatics. And I want Luke to be so powerful that he started to do some like force acrobatics. And I would have liked to see him like run and jump off of one wall during this scene, like just once. Just one little parkour force move would have made it perfect for me, but it was so close to perfect. It was it was so shocking and unbelievable to see Luke Skywalker and his green lightsaber destroying these dark troopers. I was I was physically tingling. I was jumping out of my skin, mm-hmm. and I know you guys had similar reactions. So let me give you both a moment to describe how you felt during this scene. You go first, Ben. Yeah. Okay, Ben. Um, I was just in absolute shock. Just absolutely like You didn't no. believe they were gonna do this, right? No, no, mm-hmm. I was I wasn't I my first thought when I saw the X Wing, I'm like, oh, Carson Tiva's back. Like uh Paul Sun Young Lee is back. Like, you maybe, know, that guy. Maybe maybe Ezra has an has an X Wings. Yeah, right? like I'm like, no, like, no, it's not Luke. Like Luke didn't even pop into my brain. I just saw the X-Wing. I'm like, oh, yeah. I My next thought was like, oh, maybe the New Republic's here. Like, they brought a fleet or something like that. They're going to take down the stuff. I thought maybe it was Trapper Wolf. I thought maybe it was Trapper yeah, Wolf. Yeah, that would make sense. They set it up earlier in the season. Like, that makes yeah. sense. No big deal. Yeah. And I totally, like, just given up on the idea of there being a Jedi out there. And, like, you know, Ahsoka saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, a Jedi might come looking for him. I'm like, nah, that's not going to happen. And then we get this, and you see the dark figure, and just my my heart stopped when you see that first image on the view screen yeah. of Luke walking. I'm like, what this? No, this, there's no way there's yeah. no way in hell. They're actually, this is actually something I'm seeing. And yeah. then there you go. Um, absolutely. Like just to reveal everything. I will say I will take points off of the real reveal because not a huge fan of the CGI face. Mm-hmm. Right. Not I, I I would have preferred just to just cast an actor and do it for real. Yeah. Right. Um, that said, it's pretty impressive for a TV show. Obviously, they, they did what they did. I've watched it a few more times, and I've kind of got okay. I can live with this. It's okay, but it's not as I don't think it's as as great as like you know Tarkin and Rogue One or anything like that. But you know, I, it's still it's impressive, and they got Mark Hamill to do the voice, obviously. So yeah. it's it's still just I can't believe they did that. I mm-hmm. cannot believe they actually committed to this. And they did that, and like this show, this show is like everyone loved Game of Thrones because, like, oh yeah, anything can ha- anything can happen. Anybody can die. This show is like that, just with just anything. Like literally, with, with they'll put anything. Yeah. Like any can any show. There's no like they've gone to Luke Skywalker. That's the top of the heap. Anyone else could show up at this point. There's there's no holes barred anymore. Like season I, three, I don't know how they can actually top this or even they want to. But like there's no there's no one off the board. Yeah, I agree with you so much. I'm going to take it one further. I have started to feel like it's no longer anything can happen. I feel like there's a rule now where like. Every suggestion that every fan, any fan has ever made, any request that any fan has ever asked for must be fulfilled in this show at some point. Everything has to be there. And I don't mind. They're doing a great job. It's Favreau. Like, Favreau wrote every episode of this season except for the one I hated. And and it shows because he's great. And... And like that's been the missing piece of Star Wars in a lot of cases is great writing, and it's here. And um, anyway, uh, I cut you off, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I, I'll I'll throw it to Kev because you 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 I know you got stuff to say too. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> soon as I as soon as I saw the uh, the X wing come in, my first reaction was same as Ben. I was thinking it was going to be uh, the Kim's convenience guy and Trapper Wolf. That was the first yep. thing that pops in pops yep. into your head because they're like, really one 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 X wing. So I'm like, fuck, it's been one X wing. No, get serious, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Actually, no, sorry, it was two. Actually, sorry, but yeah, I thought it was going to be one of those two guys. And then as soon as he landed, and 
I saw uh, Grogu's ears go up. Yeah. I was like, no, that's fucking Luke Skywalker. Oh my God, that's fucking Luke Skywalker. I literally sat up in my chair yeah. and I was like glued to the screen. I'm like, it's fucking, yeah. I just kept on saying it. It's fucking Luke. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. Luke. It's Luke. Yeah. It's Luke. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah. he saw the cloak and I was like, it's Luke. It's Luke. My 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 father was upstairs. He probably thought I was crazy because I was yelling, "It's Luke! It's Luke!" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I literally started smacking the table, going, "Oh my fucking Christ! It's Luke!" <laughs> right? And no, I absolutely loved it. Um, the whole the whole thing with him slicing and dicing all the uh, all the um, the uh, sorry dark troopers, I thought was yeah. great. Uh, I had no problem with him not doing any flips and all that stuff because. The Luke Skywalker I, I know from from the original trilogy, he didn't do flips, so I wasn't expecting. Wrong. Oh no, Wrong. he did one flip. He did one Empire. flip. Empire, but right. yeah, he did one flip. Sorry, my bad. Three flips. But I wasn't actually, yeah. talking two oh. in it. Two in turn the Jedi, at least two. But yeah, he wasn't. Then, yeah. He, he wasn't doing fucking Darth Maul shit. <laughs> Let's just say that, right? So I, I wasn't. Ex- I wasn't expecting any flips or anything like that. Um, okay. The fact that he just walked through and just sliced and diced everyone, all the fucking robots in half, I thought it was great. And then when he did the whole thing with the crushing, I was the like, crushing. oh, my God, he's like the most powerful thing on the planet. Um, yeah. And then I was right there with Ben. As soon as he took off his uh, his his cloak and you, and you saw his face, uh, the first thing I said was like, okay, his face looks like shit, but I'm cool with this. <laughs> I'm okay with this. I- I'm okay with this. It's Luke. It's Luke. Uh, I, th- I I think they should have uh, hired like one of these YouTubers that do like this deep fake shit. The deep fakes, yeah. right? And I think it would have came off uh, perfect. But of course, they went the CGI route, whatever. And yeah, yeah I think they should have looked into the whole deep faking. Maybe maybe deep faking is a little too amateur for them even though it it's looks, funny it's funny even though it looks amazing like i've seen yeah, some amazing right. deep fakes and i think they should have went that route um they should have deep faked them from like return of the jedi i think it would have worked it's perfectly. funny it's funny how go back to rogue one and like you have leia at the end and like mm-hmm. i think leia's okay she's, she's a little a little off and but it's like for like five seconds and she says one word it's not a big deal yeah but like and then you go to YouTube, like people have deep faked that. It looks yes. amazing. Yeah, that's it what does. I'm saying. It looks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Say it looks that, yeah. great. And even, I even saw a deep fake with uh, with Tarkin, and it looked. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was like 100 percent better, but it's it just, did look slightly it's just better. better. It did look slightly yeah. better. <laughs> Excuse me. And For it looked. Sure. Yeah, it looked a little bit more. I don't want to say. I don't want to use the word realistic because <laughs> he's dead, <laughs> right? But um, it did look a little bit better, most definitely. Have you guys? Have you guys watched any of the deep fakes of of uh, Harrison Ford's face uh, on, on Solo? Uh, in, on in Solo, Air, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it looks all right. Uh, I I think it's funny because Alden mm-hmm. uh, Alden Ehrenreich still doesn't look like Harrison Ford, even with Harrison Ford's face glued on him. Yeah. <laughs> But, but anyway. he has he had his mannerisms down, which was which was really good. Uh, I, I felt right. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. But I okay. I don't want to argue about solo, but um, yeah, no, we're not here to talk about. Uh, solo. Oh, you mean so I can explain to you how wrong you are? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, know, I know. I think we did that like four years ago. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to do it again. But um, <laughs> where were we in this episode? Yeah. So um, Luke freaking Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Yes, okay. Oh, I, I forgot to mention one more. thing. Waterworks. Waterworks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was constantly very, wiping the tears from my sad. eyes. I, I'm, okay, I'm, let... <laughs> that... It's funny. It's funny how I didn't cry the first time, but every time I've watched the episode since, I progressively cry more. Yeah. So, like, I it's think, bad. Yeah. Well, it's I'm funny there cause... with you. The, the first time I watched it, I was just so, like, focused on absorbing every detail of what was happening on the screen. I didn't really emotionally, like, get that. Oh. I was excited, but I would I didn't get like sad about the emotional stuff. It uppercutted me right in the feels. Yeah, <laughs> it, it um, fucking it Mike Tyson my feels. <laughs> okay, well no. we moved ahead a little bit there. No. Uh, I wanted to say about the about Luke's face. Mm. I felt like I I think I disagree with you both a little bit. I felt like this was actually better than any of the digital faces we've seen before, <laughs> but I felt like they did something intentionally. Like it seems like. 
he looks perfect when he's still. Like mm-hmm. when you take a still shot of any of the scenes, he kind of looks perfect, and he only kind of looks bad when he's talking, and he hardly talks at all. And he didn't like, blink. That's intentional. He didn't right. blink. Um, but I felt like I kind of felt like in still shots he looked better than than anything from the from Rogue One or. Uh, any of the digital faces we've seen, even the one in Rise of Skywalker, which I thought was worse than Rogue One, the the digital faces in Rise of Skywalker, but which digital faces um, in Rise of Skywalker? So it's, it's funny. Opinion. It's funny. Like with with Rogue One, oh, I, I felt like okay. Tarkin looked better the farther you got into the movie. Like I heard, like the first scene is kind of like ah, I'm not sure about this. I guess maybe you just get yeah. used to it. But like yeah. you didn't really get that chance with like Luke. You can't really like sit with it because sure. like he's sure. so there and then he's gone. Mm-hmm. True. True, um, and I and I thought I was like, okay, so we so what happens next is we get this emotional moment that yeah. we've been building up to, like this is the this is the completion of Din Djarin's quest. Yeah. This is stuff that we've talked about. Like Din Djarin has said to Grogu before, you know, it, when we do meet a Jedi, you gotta go with him, okay? Because that's what we need to do, right? Like we and, and there was this question of will he even go with him, you know, like. Um, Ahsoka kind of cast doubt on that. Like he can't kind of can't be without you. He thinks of you as a father. Um, and maybe that's bad for his development and maybe he can't be a Jedi. Maybe he's going to become like my theory was he wasn't going to train as a Jedi that he'd end up training, uh, as a bounty hunter. Right. Um, but, um, I also did predict way back at the end of season one that this would end exactly this way. Um, so I'm proud of myself for that because I almost never get my predictions right. Really? But <laughs> uh, no, I said I feel like the way this writing is going, this this season is going to conclude with Din Djarin completing his quest, and then Baby Yoda is going to go off with a Jedi, and then Din Djarin's story is going to become about the throne of Mandalore. And yeah, Grogu will probably come back as teenage Grogu because yes, he is following baby Groot's plot in so many ways. For some reason, um, they'll bring him back as teenage Grogu for sure. At some point, I think, but anyway, I'm getting ahead. Um, (laughs) no, I think, I think obviously you were right on the money there and I think you're right on it now. I think that's, that's kind of where we're headed. I yeah. didn't think they'd do this. I was shocked, and I, honestly, I didn't really even want want it to happen. But like, here we are. They yep. com- are committing but, to the idea that Baby Yoda was never a the whole series kind of thing. It was mm-hmm. just a couple first couple seasons. Then we're gonna right. do some other stuff without him, and then maybe we'll come back to him at some point. Right. Because it's not the Grogu show; it's the Mandalorian show, yeah. right? It's yeah. it's got to be about the Mandalorian, and it really has been about the relationship between the two of them more than it's been about Din Djarin at all, right? Um, look, season one was way more about Din Djarin than season two was. There was hardly any Din Djarin stuff in season two. It's just their relationship, just their bonding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, there's so much room to do so much more with Din Djarin and, and always bring, bring Grogu back, of course, because their relationship is the most important in his life. But... Um, here we are at the end of this, this episode and, and here's why it's Luke Skywalker because it's brilliant writing because they know as Mando fans, this moment is going to break our hearts. The moment where Grogu says goodbye to Din Djarin and Din Djarin, yes, takes that damn helmet off and shows his face (laughs) to Grogu for the first time and they have their emotional goodbye and it's very sad and, and, and fucking, and, uh, I'm forgetting the actor's name who plays the Mandalorian Pedro right now. Because Pedro Pascal, of course, such a great actor, does such a great job in this scene of of selling the weight of it. It did like it really, it really hits him hard, and it hits us hard. Mm-hmm. But like, he's handing Grogu to the king of Star Wars, the king of our hearts, uh, to to Luke Skywalker. There's nobody better. Who you, who could break our hearts than Luke Skywalker, and then to make us even more comforted, to make as Star Wars fans to <laughs> to to soften this blow for us even further, we get the beautiful R two D two moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we get we get we get R two D two comes rolling in to lighten the tension, to warm our hearts, and to give us this moment where where Grogu and R two D two meet, and it reminds us of R two D two meeting Yoda in the Empire Strikes Back, and it makes us so happy as star wars fans so this ending is so fucking brilliant because we're 
were crying with sadness at seeing this emotional goodbye of these two characters that we're so invested in now and were crying with joy at the fact that this character that we love so much, Grogu, is being handed off to these characters who we have loved so much for so long and we thought we would never see on the show. So, I mean... God damn it. You couldn't you couldn't ask for a better ending to the show. And mm-hmm. I and you know what? I'm not the biggest mark for this show, Kevin. You know, like I will attack this show easily. Uh but I I I standing ovation. Um amazing, brilliant ending. And I I don't know how much more I have to say about this episode before we get on to the future quickly. But mm-hmm. guys, what about you guys? <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, man. Toss to Kev. I'm kind of in a similar boat. I don't really know what to say. I mean, mm. it's just, I'm still reeling from this. I mean, it's okay. just so amazing. And I think this whole season, I think, has been incredibly well done. And I'm, you know, I'm genuinely, you know, wondering about the, the, the next steps, what season three is going to be about, you know, how it's going to, you know, work without you know, the child and, you know, how much this show has been, you know, just culturally been built around Grogu. And now he seemingly is not part of the show anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just curious how this is going to work out, but man, Favreau and Filoni, they have cojones of steel. If they're going to pull this off and try to do the baby Yoda show without baby Yoda. Yeah. They, they have shown their cojones, uh, are, are, are on display already. I think from this episode. So, um, man, I don't know what to expect, but Kev, Kev, look, I'm, I'm going to quickly, I'm going to just, I'm not, I'm not much more to say. This episode is a 10 out of 10 for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we haven't talked about the after credit scene yet. We'll get to that next. We'll get to that. Um, but if you want to give your rating so we can move on to the future. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say, um, like you, uh, when I finished watching this episode, I literally stood up and started clapping. Like I, yeah. I thought this was this, yeah, this was like the creme de la creme, uh, of the, uh, of the Mandalorian so far. Um, yeah, this, this, like I said, this one just hit me in the feels. Uh, I absolutely loved this entire episode. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, normally, okay. So it's funny because I didn't, I had no idea there was going to be a post-credit scene, but traditional Kev fashion, I always watch to the end of the credits. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Everything. And being that it's a Star Wars property, I was not expecting to see anything post-credits and uh, this is the first time in the history of Star Wars that we've actually gotten a credit scene, a post-credit scene, which I thought was just a again just putting the cherry on top of the fucking Sunday. Like this, this was like, yeah. And and like like you said, we'll get to that. We'll we'll discuss this. But uh, mm. for me, um, I I wanna I wanna leave a little bit of room. Because I don't want to give it a perfect ten, even though I absolutely loved it. I've never go, done it before. You yeah, know that. I know. Uh, that's why I'm going to go nine point five. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go nine point five just to give it that little room. Because next okay. season there might be something that might make me go motherfucking ten. <laughs> so sure. uh, nine point five for Fair me. Enough. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Ben, uh, do you want to give it a rating while you're here, just to just to be the spirit of Christmas? <laughs> Ooh, I'm I'm going to give it nine point five out of ten. Okay, right. fair enough. I I'm the big fan this week. Apparently, so that's here we go. Okay, Dude, um, the I, after credit scene. I cried to fucking people reacting to it on YouTube. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> you enough, know what I mean? Enough. Like this fair is enough. yeah. Oh, this episode uh, hit me. Like I said, it, it really hit me in the feels. So and uh, apparently it, it hit Kevin Smith right in the fucking balls too. Uh, I saw. <laughs> Everything I saw, hits him. Yeah. Well, this one apparently really hit him in the fucking balls. Um, okay. which I thought was pretty funny too. So but yeah. appropriate, appropriate. Yeah, He's appropriate. one of us. Yeah. He's one of us. He's he one is. of us. Okay. So we're going to take a cut here because we had such a great time talking with Ben that we kind of went on and on. So what we're going to do here is break this episode up into two parts. So get excited for next week when we talk about the post credit scene of chapter 16, as well as have the a little future. discussion about, the future the of future Star, Wars, Star Wars, yes, where the whole franchise is going, yeah. um, and uh, it's a fun conversation. And uh, so, uh, Kevin and I are going to take uh, Christmas weekend off, and we're going to still have an episode for you, though. We're going to have part two of uh, episode sixty-five and the conclusion 
of our conversation with Ben Hart from Star Wars Underworld. So uh, that being said, uh, I, I, I guess all there is to say is just chill. To part two of the episode.